Welcome to the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. I am your host, Scott Ramage. And in this episode, we're going to be speaking with Eric Mitchell. Eric is a business owner, he's a father, and he is an advocate for his local community in a myriad of different projects. And that is something we are going to be talking about today. Welcome to the show, Eric, how are you? Uh, I'm doing great, Scott. Thank you for having me on. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm so excited about being a part of your your fatherhood, uh, your brotherhood of fatherhood, and it really makes me just so happy being a dad that I can express myself to you guys and get the word out. Yeah, that's awesome. And I'm, um, you know, you and I chatted the other day, so I have a lot of questions about some of the things you're doing. But let's go ahead and. Sure. Um, why don't, you know, I was going to say what you did in the intro, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going to let you say it because you know you have multiple facets in your sure. business. So go ahead and wrap wrap our head around what you do. Sure. Well, I've been in the industry of sports performance for about 30 years now from the personal training side of things, cut my teeth in the, the, the original Nautilus principles. So literally counting slow reps for uh, very wealthy clients outside of Philadelphia, which, you know, wasn't the greatest thing in the world, but it gave me the experience I needed, gave me the mentors that I needed to gear myself towards what I do now. For the past 15 years, actually going on 16, I, uh, I went to Parisi Speed School. Uh, in the uh, Philadelphia suburbs. I also own a Training for Warriors affiliate that kind of sprang from the Parisi system and is more the adult model. Uh, so basically what I'm doing right now is I get to play all day, which is really exciting. I get to work with kids. I get to work with adults. Ultimately, I think that what I do is create belief, give people the confidence to do things they never thought they could do, set goals, all wrapped up in the fitness and the performance world. So really, in essence, it's, it's this, this, this feeling of empowering people's lives with fitness. And I would say that's exactly what I do and how I do things. Yeah, that's near and dear to my heart as a past uh, gym owner, as well as being in the, fit, in the fitness field sure. uh, for my career. So uh, I love it. And I, I, I'm kind of new to the Parisi Speed School thing. Sure. But I've already picked your mind about it. Super interested. And then the, the TFW, um, right. Training for Warriors, like you and I just barely tapped into that. And right. I'm like, whoa. So we were connected through a mutual um, acquaintance, Eric LeClaire. And mm -hmm. I know Eric, and he's very into uh, tactical uh, elements. He's very into training for athletes, but also training for pre preparation. So when you said TFW training for warriors, I'm like, is that the connection with Eric or you had a business connection with Eric? Yes. Uh, I had a business connection with Eric, but as it kind of grew and we talked in preliminary, when we were discussing things, we talked about kind of our common, our common themes in, in training. And what I found was that originally training for warriors, when Martin Rooney designed it, it was designed specifically for mixed martial arts fighters. And then it kind of transitioned into a lot of the military personnel or police personnel in this country, the first responders and whatnot. In fact, I was in the first certification program and the, the fitness instructors from the 75th Ranger Battalion were there. And it was an interesting dichotomy that I looked at and go, well, I'm a fitness guy. These guys are warriors. And yet they were kind of mixing in with another group of people in the fitness world. And eventually Martin said, hey, look, this can absolutely apply to the general population. Because in reality, what you're teaching is you're giving people, again, 
in the midst of, I think, what is a crisis in this country of self-confidence or a lack there of self-confidence, you're giving a system that's breeding self-confidence. And yeah, we do it by sprinting and doing deadlifts and pull-ups and chin-ups and bench and all those, but you're essentially giving people belief again. And especially, you know, Scott, especially nowadays, you know, with what we're dealing with now, I think it's more important than ever to be really focused on, hey, how, how are you creating belief? How are you creating self-confidence? Not just, and I find this, that it's made me a better, better father as a result of it too. Because right. I can give those tools to my son who at going on 11 really needs these. And so there was such a great connection with Eric uh, over that and talking about family and talking about what, what our, really our commonality of goals were. And that's what kind of launched this and getting me involved with you. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. I'm, I'm a firm believer in um, parents, fathers, mostly instilling those things that you talk about and that you, you've mentioned multiple times now. And I wrote them down because they're so imperative. And that's creating belief and creating self-confidence. Because um, I'm not sure that we're all equipped or we're not given a handbook. Hey, here's how to um, teach your kids to believe in themselves. And here's how you teach your kids self-confidence. Because a lot of times we weren't even modeled that growing up. Some of us were right. blessed too, some weren't. And some of us have been in sports. You know, that's some kind of where sports kind of tends to come in in many people's lives. Sure. It gives them that opportunity. But I think we need to be extremely intentional about it. And it's such an important thing for fathers. So I'm really, I'm really appreciative. That's a focus of yours. Uh, you're, you said your son is 11 years mm -hmm. old. When you were, you know, you're, you've been operating in this business a lot longer. Did sure. your vision of, you know, this, this creating belief and creating self-confidence, uh, has it morphed over the time that you've had a child, you brought a, a child, a child, you're bringing a child up in the world. Has that changed or shifted that view? Sure. I think that it, it's created a little, little different sense of responsibility about staking kind of a legacy and a future, a future of my name. But more importantly, to make sure my son's name is Cole, to make sure that Cole had the tools that I didn't have. Right. So I, I had a father who I loved very much, but my dad had flaws. My dad was an alcoholic and died at a very young age in his 40s. And I always have said this, and it's been a point of mine, that my dad did not die from that. What he died from is he just, he lacked the skills and confidence to take care of himself. And I said from, from that point on, when I had, when Cole was brought into my life and, and, and you know, listen, I had Cole late. I'm going to be 53 years old. I have a soon to be 11 year old son. I knew right away that I wanted to make sure that Cole had the tools that I didn't have. Uh, that I wasn't given as a result of my father passing early or having the flaws that he had. So I, I really believe that he's changed. Cole's changed my entire outlook on even coaching and the way I behave in coaching and the way I approach business, how it's changed so dramatically, so differently from my 20s and 30s uh, with a child now. So yeah, it, I would say Cole matured me in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Kids have a way of doing that, don't they? Yes, they do. <laughs> So, um, so let's rewind 11 years ago sure, when sure. Cole was born and mm -hmm. you are your business owner, yes. uh, what kind of things changed and when did those aha moments happen? You know, cause yeah. I think a lot of times we have these aha moments like, Oh my, I'm doing something totally wrong or whatever yeah. the case. Well, I would tell you what the, the, the major wrong thing was working 15, 16, 17 hours a day. And, and what I found was, is that I was losing myself in that. 
And it was so easy to just do that. I became, I identified as a coach. I just identified, hey, not only as a coach, Scott, but like constantly working was a badge of honor for me and saying, ah, oh, I'm not getting any sleep. I'm not eating right. And yet I was furiously training still myself, still competing in track uh, in the hundred and the 200 and not finding time for myself really. And then uh, when I met Cole's mom, things kind of shifted and changed and uh, having Cole. Now I also tell you this, Cole had his struggles. Cole was on a feeding tube for the first three years of his life. And wow. To, to sit down and have to take him down to Children's Hospital in Philadelphia every single morning, uh, do the feeding clinic, learn all these different techniques that we had to do, and then drop him off with his mother and come back up to the gym and coach people until nine or 10 at night. What I found was I couldn't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. And, you know, two knee replacements later, uh, I found that I had physically beaten myself to a pulp. But you know, what's very interesting. I did not really figure this out. I didn't truly figure out that Cole had made a change in my life until about, uh, about five years in, five, when Cole was about five years old. And he said to me, he goes, you know, daddy, he goes, um, you're not as around as much as I'd like. Isn't it amazing? And, <laughs> yep. And, and from then on, I will tell you this, Scott, I never worked another Wednesday in my life. Mm -hmm. uh, I have Cole, I, and I have, I actually have more custody of Cole than I would say most, I have 85% custody. Sometimes it's a hundred percent and I have a very good relationship with his mother. Uh, we, we parallel parent really well. And, but that from that point on, I said, wait a second, I, I am not going to allow my business to interfere with the relationship I'm building with my son. In fact, actually it's made my business better as a result of that that, that realization and that understanding that what, what's really truly important is the relationships in, in, in your life and your business is not a relationship. It builds relationships, right? But it is not the relationship. Yeah. I, you know, um, you may or may not have heard this and many people may or may not have heard this, but in our very first podcast episodes, we talked about our origin stories and mine literally comes from the same kind of, um, cut from the same cloth. Like I, I was a ed, full-time educator and coach, plus I owned a business. And I started that when I had my first child. And at age five, six, seven um, is when I looked up age six with, for him. And my, my other was young, like two. Um, I looked up and I knew nothing about them because I was working from about 4 a.m. till 8 to 9 p.m. And um, you know, it was a badge of honor putting in those hours and providing for my family. You know, I'm, I'm being the big man here. And I had that aha moment. Mine was an empty table uh, with dinner on it and the lights out in the house. You know, uh, I can't even imagine my son saying you're not around as much as you want because those moments are the moments that you really wished you would have caught it before it happened. Sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so that's the, the big aha moment or the big, that big defining, that defining moment. So you say you stayed home every Wednesday from then on? Yep. Okay. And, and by the way, continue to do that. So Wednesdays, even when, and of course, you know, now with COVID, he has <laughs> half days. So I get to spend, yeah. I'm actually spending a lot of time with him. And I said that in the end, this is kind of a blessing. I'm, 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 I'm spending more time with the people I really care and love about more. So and true. That, that, that's been a very important thing. Now, that's not to say the people in my business, because I have a very unique culture in my business where they're part of my family. They're an extension of my family. 
And so it's relationship driven. And that's and in reality, like I said, we've got, we've had some, I've called this, I would say this is the greatest time of opportunity that we've ever had as business owners and as parents and as siblings and children, we, we have, we have a unique opportunity. This, this, it's not an obstacle. This is an opportunity now. And, and the people that are taking it are, are finding more happiness now than I think they ever thought possible. Yeah. As crazy as it sounds. Yeah. I actually really, I really like that. Um, and I think that's the right mindset. We're, we're in a time right now where we're starting to see a resurgence of some more issues of this and people are going to kind of, I think they're going to slide back into like the woe is me and businesses are going to, uh, that survived round one might belly up because it's looking, it's looking like it's, yeah. it could be hitting again. And I already know that the Europe just closed down for a month and it's already taking its toll on the gyms and the business owners I know there. So I had that mindset going into it. Like what's the good coming out of this? What, what this is happening. And, and as Jocko would say, good, like how, how we, what, what are we going to bring from this? So I love that. Sure. It's a great message to send out right now. <laughs> like, I agree. Totally agree. Plant, plant that stake in the ground. It's coming. Good. What am I going to do with it? And, and um, being forced to have time with your family is an amazing thing, isn't it? <laughs> I, 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 I agree. I love it. I, I it's great. You know, I've experienced it's just a, a great feeling to be able to reconnect and really, really deeply connect, which is, I think, was lacking when we were running around, like you said, with our businesses and not focusing on, we're thinking, oh, yeah, when we're done, when we're done, when we're done, but right. you're not done. Never. So, <laughs> yeah. So I want to, I want to visit a, a statement you said. So sure. we're very, very keen on helping marriages survive, not go to yes. the divorce stage, but you yes. are, you have you are in a um, fractured marriage. You're not married to your, your son's um, mother anymore, but Correct. you mentioned that you parallel parent and yes. I'm very interested in that comment because we do have single parents that listen to this and, mm -hmm. and I don't want to, it's not an, un, you know, we're not unserving them. We just want to, uh, we have our certain focus. So sure. I love that comment. Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, I think that the, the, there's a misconception, especially when, but listen, it can happen in, in a married household as well, where people talk about, oh, well, we're co-parenting. Well, you're not truly, it's not co-parenting. There's, you're, in parallel parenting, you're going to have two clearly different personality types that are doing their best to merge the goals that they're trying to set for their children. So while Cole's mom and I not, don't always see eye to eye on everything, there will always be a common level of respect that we've got. And we've maintained that. We've been able to do that quite well. Yeah, there are bumps in the road, of course, but there's bumps in the road in a marriage as well. So we, we do a very good job of advocating for our son and making sure that Cole is provided love from two separate households. And it, it actually tracks back to our relationships, my relationship with my girlfriend that, you know, she loves Cole. And that's a, a big thing. And Cole's mom's boyfriend really loves Cole as well. And it's, it's, it's creating that synergy and maintaining that synergy and making sure that the other parties understand that there's not a conflict. It, it's cooperation. And if you can do that and you can find that middle ground, the old adage, because I think what it is, is we're always set up in marriage or divorce or separation for um, conflict. Because we think that that's what well, you're supposed to be in conflict. You're not supposed to like each other. There's, and even if there was a wrong done, 
you still have to find a way because the child's what matter, the, ch the children matter. What common goals do you have to make sure that you don't fracture that child's relationship with either parent? Yep. And I think that's really, really important, whether you are married, separated, or divorced, or a single parent. I think you, you have to, you know, unless there's something egregious that, that the other party did, then, then you have to consider something else. But I really believe in that. It's, it's, you're, you're separately raising the child with common goals. Yeah, I think that's, that's the, what I think it is. The, the key, the word, the statement that came to my mind, or you said, I don't remember what, but I wrote it down, was common mission. And I think a lot of parents who have, you know, two different homes, they're sharing the raising of their child. Forget that that's their big common mission. Like they created this person, I love it. brought them into the world. And, and a lot of times that their, um, their actions are obviously doing more harm because they lose vision. They lose vision of what the mission is. The mission is, it's raising this child into a contributing adult of society who has the best chances provided by us to succeed and to know how to uh, fight adversity and climb and do the things they need to do and, and meet challenges. And um, I think that common mission, I, I really want to commend you for that. I don't know that that's super normal, but I would love for people to embrace that. As normal. Yeah, I, I, I would like to see more people embrace it, that it would be in this situation I'm in now. Listen, it didn't come without its bumps. I mean, there were, there were some very difficult times, but nevertheless, it, it, again, it's this level of mutual respect. And yeah. if, you can, if you can do that, you, you've created the right environment to raise your children in a separate family households or separate family households. Yeah, I, I like, you said it, it's common mission. You're the, you, okay. I, I, I you definitely said that. that. But, <laughs> but I mean, but that's what it is. Yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah, because bottom line, I mean, we like I said, we you brought those in the, that human life together, and so yes. if you can raise it together and, and have a common goal, then you're definitely doing a good job. Um, so you have been in the fitness industry for thirty years, thirty plus years at least, right? And so, yes. what what, um, what has been your impact? Like, you know, we, we walk through, we've, we've got this, um, this is my career. This, this sure, is sure. what I do, right? Hopefully it's, that's not your identity. We'll talk a lot about not tying your identity to your work, but what is the big impact that, um, that you want to leave having done this work for 30 years and more to come? Well, it's, it's so funny when you talk about that, because we, I'm a senior coach, coach with Parisi, and I go and I, I certify staffs. And one of the big things we talk about, and this is what's unique about our certification system, both in Parisi and Training for Warriors, is it boils down to your legacy. Yeah. And what, what's your true mission? It's not about the training. The training is the easiest part, to be honest with you. That's great. A jumping jack's a jumping jack. But, and a squat's a squat. But what are you here for? And what's your what's your overall kind of your, your goal, your mission. And I will tell you this, it's more for me from being a young coach at 21 when I was saying to myself, I want to train pro athletes. Uh, you know, I, I did that and I, I, they didn't excite me. It didn't excite me. What, what has excited me is this. I'm a part of something bigger than me. Then from that, I can then go out into the community and help those people in need based on the industry that I'm in. So if I can go help someone, if I can create events to help people, if I can champion certain causes, 
I've done, I've done what I've been put here on earth to do. And so for me, it's that I'm in a business that I can now take myself in, into the situations that I can help more people. I can do charity work. I can impact people. I can make people have the confidence that they need to go out and be better leaders, better fathers, better kids, better peers in this world. And in a nutshell, that to me, it's all about service. And so I, I, it's for me, that's it. I love that. And uh, we were talking earlier, I did a podcast that just released like just recently with JC Wagaman, who owns an insurance agency. And the only way he wanted to get back into insurance after leaving it for kind of not loving the way it operated, you know, some of the behind the scenes things was if I'm going to come back, it's going to be a give back type of scenario. And he has, he has part of his business. The pivotal part of his business plan was we are giving back X amount of revenue to a local charity that helps people who need help. And I just, I, I think that the, the message here is um, chasing dollars will not get you where you want to be. It's a, it's an endless chase, right? I agree. And when you give back, I'm talking to folks now who have a longevity in what they're doing and they're finding true purpose, mission, vision, and, um, and energy on giving back. Totally and, agree. Yeah. And that's super exciting. And that's, that's, I love seeing that. And, and the beauty of it is, um, it, it's just going to, it, it, it's, it's not the, the focus. And I'm going to say it for you, but your business will thrive when you have that type of mindset. Things will, will work themselves out always for the better when you're giving back. It's just the way it goes. Yeah. And I think it's, it, 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 it changes who you are as an individual, which also opens you up to new ideas about where your business is going. Yeah. And if you can be truly altruistic and, and give back to the community that you're in, but also I'm a big believer in giving back to communities I don't even know even people within my own network. And I say, they'll say, can you do this for us? Yes, of course I can. It's a no brainer, Scott. And I think that's a really good point because those, those most in need may not be from our own communities, right? We may not have that opportunity at that moment. Maybe we're just not in the right circles or they're not, our customer base isn't covering those needs. So what are some of the things that you're doing? Let's talk about putting the the money where your mouth is. What, what has happened over here? Well, the big thing is, and I want to kind of, if I can go to like what created this for me. Absolutely. So in, 20, in 2014, here in the Philadelphia area, we had a, a horrific um, case of a child murdered by his mother and, and her boyfriend. And it was so graphic and so horrible that veteran police officers literally got sick and vomited when they went and they found this boy. So here I was hearing about this in my community and I was driving home from the sports complex one night and I, I, I was listening on the radio and I found for, I can't explain it, Scott. I just got off the exit, turned completely around and went to the memorial service for this little boy. And as I was there and seeing this community come together, I said, okay, I got to do something. I, I don't know what it is. I just know I'm involved in a program and training for warriors that was doing a lot for people in their communities. And I felt compelled to do something. And we, we created a fundraiser for the, the little boy's older brother, who's 
by the way, in a very happy situation, living with his aunt and uncle, great stuff. We raised a lot of money for a college fund. And Scott, two days later, I got a call from somebody who said, hey, would you think about doing a fundraiser for a child that was the victim of shaken baby syndrome in South Carolina? I, I didn't even know what it was. So I did my research and I said, done deal, got to do it. Contacted the training for warriors in Greenville, South Carolina, went down to Greenville, South Carolina, did this fundraiser for this little boy. And he was there. The little boy was there and um, had survived. But, you know, tragically, it's going to be very difficult for this child growing up. Uh, very little uh, brain function, but nevertheless, doesn't matter. Got to, you, you do things because it's the right thing to do. And so I started to travel around the country doing fundraisers for kids who I didn't even know. And, and the reason why is because, man, like I have a, I have a son. And like, why wouldn't I do this to help somebody else? And so it, it never stopped. And, and what I'm, I'm blessed with is, and I say blessed because I am, I'm in an organization that gives me the platform to do this. Yeah. And I'll give you a great example. Um, we're doing a big one coming up very shortly for this boy named Connor Dobbin. And it's, it's by happenstance, one of my training for warrior students. So we don't call anybody a member. They're called students because we look at it from the learning perspective that everybody's learning no matter how old you are. So you're a student. She came to me and she talked to me about this family locally and said, um, if, you, you don't even, if you don't know what San Filippo syndrome is, it's basically childhood Alzheimer's. And I read a little bit about it. And then I said, hey, and her name was Carrie. I said, Carrie, I got to meet, meet his family. I got to meet his family. And his dad and his stepmom came in right before the pandemic hit. And I said, it was a done deal in my mind. They were telling me all about it. And I go, okay, guys, yeah, I'm in. Right. Like, I'm in. I, I, you don't, you, you, let's start talking about the event. But then the pandemic hit, but I never lost focus of his story. And it morphed into uh, my local facility here in Downingtown, Pennsylvania, to a worldwide facility. Uh, basically, it, and I say facility because we're all going to be doing it at the same time on December 13th. I've got TFW Kuwait, uh, TFW in uh, Brisbane, Australia. We've got training for warriors all over the country here. And here's the cool thing about it. It's very interesting. Most of the training for warriors owners, if you talk to them, there are a lot of dads. Yeah. Like there's a lot of dads. Yeah. And it was almost like I would just tell them, show them, show them the story, what happened, what's going on with Connor. And they'd be like, I'm in, let's go. What's, what's happening? What are we doing? How are we doing it? So right now we're up to 11 TFWs and four Parisi speed schools that are going to be doing events simultaneously uh, with us. And here's what it is. The, Sam Filippo right now, there's, there's a genetic, they're, they're looking at it from this perspective that they think they found the cure, but it's going to cost a lot of money to do this on uh, this kind of trial run on Connor. And if they do this, we may, we may, may they may be able to stop it dead in its tracks uh, and then prevent it in the future. How could I not look at my own son and not do this? So this is an opportunity actually to be kind of like the cutting edge to provide an opportunity for this yes. to make a huge impact for the future. Yes. This San, Fili San Felipe. San, San Filippo. San Filippo. San Filippo. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, so I, I kind of see the drive. <laughs> yeah. I got a lot of passion for, for people. Yeah. And, and, and I, it's funny, right before this, I was on a call 
with the marketing director of the Cure San Filippo Foundation and then also Connor's stepmom, who's very heavily involved uh, with, the, with the process behind this. Um, so it's pretty awesome. And Connor's dad and Connor's mom also. I mean, the kid was just featured in, on Web, WebMD. Oh, wow. uh, he was in People Magazine. He's been in the Daily Mirror in, in, in England. Be, and, and I see this outpouring, just this incredible outpouring. And the way my organization is, is again, I keep saying this, people are just like, yep, all right, no brainer. It's done, done deal. Let's get it done. And I, I, that's, I love what I do. And if I can do this to, to help people raise funds or, and raise awareness, I'm doing it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's happening. So I'm pretty excited about it, pretty passionate about it, but here's the cool thing. And you'll love this. My son's passionate about it. Yeah. And Cole said to me, dad, I will do anything I can to help you with this. So you've already started a legacy. Yes. When, when your kids pick up on the positive things that you're doing, that's, and probably will repeat it. I mean, he's already getting involved. That's a legacy. So um, yeah, that's a, that's a true testament. How do you get, I mean, you, you know, you have 15, basically 15 facilities or 15 groups involved in this. Yes. And you have your, um, you have, that, it's, that's a network that you're built in. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I, I too have a large network of gym owners and I'm thinking, Perfect. okay, so I think the, the message here is that it's really easy to not be involved and not to give back because it hasn't touched us personally. Sure. Um, but it, the, 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 the idea is to kind of put yourself in those shoes. That is a father that I met with his son who has this um, is a disability uh, or disease. He has this thing that is severely affecting his future, his life. And I have an opportunity to make an impact. I have an opportunity yes. to change the course of the future. Sure. To come. Yeah. So um, I, I'm, my personal challenge is that if the gym owners are are listening to this and they're they're not going to be TFW or Parisian speed school, yeah, yeah. So what's Doesn't the matter? Event? What's the event you're doing? How do you do these? So what we're going to do is we call them charity hurricane events, where mm-hmm. hurricane is part of our TFW system, where it's the metabolic training. There's sprinting involved. There's exercises in between the sprints. Uh, it's usually three rounds of that. Now we're obviously going to do other things. We're going to have contests with chin-ups and push-ups, and we're going to have races. And we're also going to add a kid element to it with the Parisi Speed School. It's, it's basically a fitness event where we come up with a workout. We come up with some challenges that people go through, um, basically sweating and smiling. Yep. Uh, and, and, and I got to tell you, like I have some good friends. I have a friend out of Syracuse, New York, that has his own personal training program, his own speed and agility program. And he's getting involved because it's, it's the right thing to do. And it's the network that we've got. And what we do is basically uh, put together this program. Each, each we call our TFWs dojos, Scott, because we always look at it from Doe and Joe. It's the path or the way. And that's what we should be doing. This is the path and this is the way. And, we would say to people, hey, you can come up with your own kind of ideas of what your charity fundraiser looks like as long as we're all serving a common goal. Yeah. And like you said, that common mission. Uh, you know, I've talked to friends of mine. I, I actually talked to a rival sports speed and conditioning program around here, and they were kind of stunned. And they said, 
so you want us involved? I said, why wouldn't I want you involved? You know, I have a lot of respect for them. Why wouldn't I? And right. This isn't about competition. This is about cooperation and to help somebody. And they're in your community. So you got to do it. And they're going to do it. That's awesome. kind of cool. That's awesome. And, and so, yeah, it's, it's pretty impressive what's happening here. And I think that's a, that's a whole nother conversation we could talk about is um, having an abundance mindset. Like it's okay to work with competitors it on a, on a common mission because there's plenty of people for both of us to thrive in our business. I, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Absolutely. Put away, put away our own personal fears to benefit the community and things will, things will happen in the right direction when you do that. So, That's the uh, truth. so this, this particular event is December 13th, but I have no yes. doubt you'll have something coming. I mean, how many events or how many things do you do a year on average? I know it's probably not a specific thing, but it, it, it varies. There's generally, if we're from a local level, we'll, we'll do things four or five times a year. Oh, wow. Uh, from, from a national level, uh, 24 Warriors, we'll do some national events. We've done some stuff for the J club. We've actually just, I think if there's gym owners on here, they'll love to hear this. We've set some world records, literal world, world records in 24 Warriors. We did the most amount of deadlifting weight moved in an hour by a group. Uh, we were up, I think it was 4 million pounds we moved in an hour. In one location? Um, one location in Charlotte. 4 North million Carolina. pounds? Four, 4 million pounds. It was three, I think it was 3,855,000 to be exact. <laughs> okay. So, and then we set a world record in the most amount of people doing a push-up at the same exact minute all over the world. Um, and that was a, a remarkable thing. And then we set a world record, these crazy sit-outs. I, I'm not a big fan not a physical fan of them. They're all the wrestling moves and the, and the MMA movements, but we did that right in Niagara Falls. Uh, mm. And so we set the world record in that as well. And it was all for charity. So it's all good. the money, the proceeds were going towards charity and that's the key to it all. And plus we got to dress as superheroes, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, that is cool. So um, a little plug, cause you know, TFW sure. is new for me, a little yeah. plug for them. Um, mm -hmm. This is anybody can step in and do a training for warriors. Program. Oh yeah, absolutely. You become an affiliate. Um, I'm always, I'm always very happy to say that I was the first affiliate and I'm the oldest standing affiliate in the whole world because I knew what Martin had, Martin Rooney had created. And it, it was that, that culture that he created. Yeah. Anybody can be, I mean, I've got some friends who have both a CrossFit and a TFW that coexist in the same building because, and you know, this, some people will like one thing they'll like or and they or they won't like another thing and so there's i think there's again even in the same building there's room for creative competition oh heck yeah i believe that yeah yeah no you told me what the tfw kind of the the program was like i was like well, right i would totally enjoy that i would totally yeah. get it you definitely it. would you yeah. get into it right yeah and then the parisi school um mm -hmm. speed speed school is sure is that's more athlete yes. focused and yes. probably mostly student athletes, I'm guessing. Yeah. Uh, youth sports performance. You'd say yeah. that the majority of our athletes are seven to 17 years old. Yeah. And, uh, and then if you're blessed with being in a community where you could train some pro uh, athletes, getting ready for the NFL combine, that we've got that too. Right. But that's youth. That's youth. But here's the key. The, the culture is the same. You're teaching responsibility, confidence. You're teaching life skills to these kids that a lot of times I, parents are not doing it. Yeah, and it's and and so if we can fill that void and help the parent with that, very happy to do that. Well, and the, the the truth is, is when you have a, so I I did a um 
a summer fitness slash leadership course sure. for my my son's friends. So I did a, a summer a summer camp basically. They'd come in, they would work out, but always a leadership. Love it. Um, you know, personal development growth type of thing. And I taught that group of eight boys um, more about leadership than I'd ever taught to my own son. He was in the group and it was a phenomenal opportunity because now it's, it's a defined time. And I had an absolute, you know, directive of what I was teaching and I had the audience and parents just don't, they want to teach those things and they teach them through modeling. But sometimes you need someone to actually lay the foundations and lay those things out because parenting is hard. We're working. Yes. So if you're going to, it's worth putting your kid into a program where they're going to get those foundational things. And I I think a lot of parents miss the fact that um, functional fitness gyms, speed, you know, speed and conditioning or uh, speed and agility, those things, when you send them to a trainer or to a facility, those things are usually built into that program for youth. I agree. Um, Martial arts, um, all these things, they like get your kids into these. Because as intentional as you are about training them, they are paid and have developed that. We'll ask questions first. Like what, other than the physical part, what are you teaching? Um, But, you know, that's my encouragement to parents out there. Get them involved in these things. Yeah, they got to be. And and it ends up being the art of coaching. And and as a coach, what you're doing is you're creating, you're creating an environment that's going to teach them the skills that they need as they get older. Listen, Scott, I've, I've had, I had, and this is what's incredible about coaching. I always say this, popularity is temporary and respect is timeless. And I had a, an athlete I coached when he, when he was in high school, as a high school uh, track athlete. So here I was, 22 years old, coaching kids who were 17, 18 years old. Well, he's now, he and his wife are head coaches of a track team up in Vermont. He called me, he goes, hey coach, I got a question for you. And I said, hey, Nate, man, you, you're, like, you're like in your 40s, like late, late 40s with your own children. You don't have to call me coach. And he said, I, I, I can't not call you coach. And I thought, wow, was that the impact that I made on him? Oh, yeah. Wow. And, and, it's like, and that, then it's the impact that they make on you that changes you. And, uh, you know, to me, you're, you're absolutely right that if you can – and just like for me, I want my son to have great coaches out – it's hard for me to coach him. Yeah. So I'd rather him be coached by somebody else who's, who's, who's modeling that great behavior. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, my challenge is even if you are an amazing coach, to have your kid have another <gasps> amazing coach. <laughs> I know. Right? It's true. Yes. It's so true. Yeah. So true. Because it's always different when it's, you know, it's, it's so important to always have a coach outside of your family. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I agree. So um, I want to wrap this up with an opportunity for you to, to uh, we're going to put it in the show notes, how to get yeah. a hold of you and all the information, but sure. plug this thing uh, as a final note. Yeah, I think that what you'd be looking for is uh, it's the Cure San Filippo Foundation, and it's going to be Save Connor. And if you, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, and Scott, I'm going to give you all the information. There's a, there's an impact movie that was made that was at a film festival. It's about three minutes long. Any, I, here's what I'll tell you. Any parent must watch this. And believe me, you will not have a dry eye. I, I still, if, even if I watch it now, I get, I get very, very emotional watching it. Uh, and then, you know, I, I encourage anybody on any level, if they want to contact me, um, and I know that in the show notes, we're going to have all that information, they're willing, and I will be very happy to talk to anybody 
uh, about not just this, not just this, but anything that they want to discuss with me about uh, coaching, motivation, all those different things, fatherhood. I would love to connect and talk to people about this. Awesome. That's awesome. Well, first, I mean, I really want to thank you for, for several things. I, I love the, the parenting talk we had. Um, awesome. It's not a perspective I, can, I come from, so it's very important for me to talk to people who have success in that area when they're, sure, they're sure. co-parenting, but yes. more in line, parallel parenting. I think it's, it's a wonderful thing that needs to be thought through for those people mm -hmm. that are, are, are doing that now. Um, and second of all, for impacting so many lives and taking such an active position, um, your approach, like you messaged me, um, and, and, and it wasn't like, oh, not another one. It was like, oh, wow, got to get on this one. I got to, so the passion is there. It's very, I appreciate very transparent and I love it. And it, it obviously you, you can probably attest to this. I messaged right back. What can I do? Yeah, you did. <laughs> and, and, you um, did, you did, yeah, yeah, so your passion comes through and I, I want to, I want to lift you up for that because I know it's making a huge, a huge impact. So that's awesome, man. Well, and, and I, listen, it, it's, I'm honored that I've been on this podcast and I tell you why, like for me, it's, you know, can you have faith in what you do? Can you have faith in the relationships that you've built and can you have faith in yourself? And if you can do that, you're going to be, you know, and, and, you know, I, I, here's what I'll tell you. God put me down here for a reason and I know the reason. And, uh, so for me, uh, yeah, I love what I do because I can help more people. Scott, I mean, that's just, it's just, it's just who I am. It's in my DNA. And, right. and that's what I want. It's what, you know, I'm so blessed. I can have, you know, come on your platform and, and, and express that. So I'm, yeah. it's exciting. Yeah. It's it really cool. It is. Well, thank you. And for all my listeners, if you, if you know our values, it's uh, F-A-T-H-E-R and the T stands for tribe. And we need to have a tribe and we need to take care of our tribe. And so I would challenge every single one of you out there to do something, whether it's with this or something in your community. But right now you have the opportunity to be involved in this in some way. And the information's in the, in the show notes. Um, Eric is an amazing human being. I think you see that. I think you see the true passion and the, the humility and, and the effort to truly leave an impact. And um, this is a great opportunity for you to leave a legacy with your children. Get them involved with you. Don't do yes. it alone. Don't just go do it. Get them involved with you. And thank you very much for listening to this podcast. I would encourage you to do several things. First of all, subscribe so you can get these inspiring stories, learn how to be a better father, better husband. Second of all, leave us a, a rating so that we um, get more exposure. So the, the message of being a better father can get out to the masses. Uh, and then we also have a YouTube channel. You can subscribe there if you'd rather watch. We appreciate every single one of you. I'm hoping you have an amazing week. Carry on.